Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Muller Show. This is episode number 95, 95 of this fantastic podcast. And we have probably got, I don't know if the top of my head, so I don't know if this is correct or not, Sam. I hope you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, that we've got our first ever representative of a, uh, of a former Newcastle player and manager. Because we are talking or have been talking to Holly Roder, who was the daughter of Glenn, who of course was a player for Newcastle in the 80s, captain the club to promotion. And then of course became development manager, youth development manager, and then the first team manager with Alan Shearer for the first bit of his uh, tenure. And then when he was the, the full manager in 2006 of that season, he got Newcastle to the last 16 of the UEFA Cup, which is... <laughs> that seems like a long time ago since we were anywhere near that sort of uh, calibre of teams. Well, it, wasn't, it was 10 years, wasn't it, until to, uh, since we were in the, the kind of stage of the UEFA Cup. Um, do you want me to correct you? Because, uh, yes. I mean, you could, you could kind of say Alan Shearer. So, yeah, I suppose. I suppose you have to. I'm never going to disagree that with that statement. A, that wasn't an interview we did together. Of course, you've never interviewed Alan Shearer. I've interviewed him twice. No, no, never interviewed him. Never interviewed so, him. You know, not that I'm counting, but yeah. Um, in all seriousness, as you like to say, Holly Road, a daughter of Glenn, um, is organising, has organised uh, a race day in memory of of, of Glenn, her, her father. Um, all proceeds going to the brain tumour charity, um, and it's at uh, Newmarket on July the twenty third, twenty twenty two. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this. And um, you can head to www.theglenroaderraceday.com or click the link in the description of the pod um, for more information because there's going to be charity auctions. If you can't make the race day, um, the whole shebang. If, if you can't make it to, to Newmarket on July the 23rd, you can still get involved in the day um, and help donate funds for a fantastic charity which is obviously very close to the roaders yeah of course very very close and we were actually speaking to holly off air and there are ideas there hasn't nothing confirmed yet but there are ideas maybe doing something in newcastle as well at a later date so if that was the case we'll obviously um let you all know but when glenn was the manager in particular because as a player as i've mentioned 219 appearances for the club uh, between 1983 and 1989, captain the club to promotion in 84. Um, he was well, well loved at Newcastle, played with a young Paul Gascoigne, of course, uh, <laughs> at Newcastle. I'm sure he looked after him. I've seen a couple of pictures online of the, of the two together. So when the the way that Holly describes Glenn, and we all know what Gaz is like, it, it's, it's quite an interesting contrast. But in terms of the manager, Sam, 15 games in that first season, Winning 11, two draws, two defeats. Only Manchester United Liverpool beat Newcastle in Glenn's spell as manager for the end of that season. That's an incredible, incredible Amazing. achievement. Like, like, I'm going to read the results out. Portsmouth, 2-0. Shiva breaking the record. Villa, Everton, the, the Solano out, uh, outside the foot. Fulton, Char Charlton, Tottenham, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, 4-1 against Sunderland. Alba, Luke A. Wigan, West Brom, and then Chelsea on the final day of the season. And who scored that fantastic goal against Chelsea? Bramble. It was Mr. Titus Bramble. He always had a worldie at Chelsea at home, didn't he, Titus? 
big T. Um, yeah, fantastic. It's probably the last time we've had a new manager bounce. And what I mean, that was incredible. We were heading for lower mid table, um, complete disillusionment and 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 horrendous injuries uh, under Graham Souness to to nick in uh, a European place. Absolutely remarkable, kind of. Maybe a bit similar to to what Eddie Howe's achieved this season, but obviously Eddie Howe needed a, a bit more time to to bed in. It wasn't that immediate impact that Glenn Rhoda had. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe had much more severe <laughs> sort of negativity to overcome with fitness of the squad and whatnot. The way things were left, but I digress. Um, yeah, it was a it was a remarkable, remarkable achievement from a man who'd already been through horrendous, horrendous um, illness with with his brain tumor and. Which we obviously go into uh, with Holly, um, but the way he carries on with such dignity and and the way he held himself and it was just to be applauded and uh, really really inspirational bloke. Yeah, very much so. Very very much so. Again, as Sam rightly mentions, he lost his battle with a uh, brain tumor uh, after fighting it for nearly twenty years. I believe that was eighteen years in the end, but. That just shows the type of character, the type of man Glenn Roder was. And of course, we'll get Holly's thoughts on that imminently. Um, but Sam, very close to 100 episodes. We are indeed. We are indeed. And and next week, we will um, go into more depth in the intro about your stag exploits in Albufeira. But obviously, the, the, this wasn't entirely appropriate for this week. But um, yeah, nearly at the hundred, so uh, yeah, that'd be a great occasion. But um, yeah, for now, we're we're still five away. And um, as I say, the GlenRoderRaceDay dot com, and um, get involved. And if you can afford to donate, please do because it's a very worthwhile charity. Of course, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I can only agree and echo what Sam is saying. In regards to those sentences, in regards to the Glen Roder race day. So, I think it's about time we get this podcast up and running. It is episode 95, and me and Sam are joined by Holly Roder. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today is a very, very special episode as we're joined by Holly Roder. Holly is, of course, the daughter of the former Newcastle United player and manager, Glen Roder. And Holly is here to talk about a very, very special event that's happening at the end of July. It's a, it's a big welcome to you, Holly. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Can you please tell our listeners um, about this very, very special event in regards to your father? Yeah, well, firstly, thank you for having me on. Um, it's a privilege to um, chat to you guys um, and tell you about our day. Um, <clears throat> Essentially, um, we thought up this idea over a year ago um, when dad died. Um, sadly, it was during, you know, a lockdown, which made it even worse. Um, 30 of us were allowed at the church. Um, no singing. Um, we had a singer and, and actually sang some, um, picked some really nice songs. And one of them was the uh, cup final song. So um, we tried to make it as fitting as we could, but we didn't have, you know, that kind of celebration, particularly afterwards of, of his life, where you, you stand around and chat about um, all the memories um, and, and things that, you know, find out things we don't know necessarily about dad. So um, I work in horse racing and through my contacts, we um, thought 
we would see if there was a free Saturday to put on an event that um, would raise, well, celebrate dad, remember him, but raise money for the brain tumor charity. Um, and actually when we asked in 2021, the next date available was the 23rd of July, 2022. And I thought, oh my Lord, that's, um, you know, that's miles away. But actually thank God it was because it's it's a huge effort to be, um, putting this on so um it's at the new market july course um as i say on the 23rd of july and um it's over in a hospitality facility the biggest one that we could get um sits 360 people um it's gonna be a lovely day um starting with champagne receptions music uh sit down three course lunch um we've got a professional um presenter of Sky Sports, Freddie Talicki, who's an ex-jockey, um, to run through our card and to try and get everyone some winners. Um, we've got a couple of hosts that are going to keep everyone entertained, um, some live auctions in the room, and also our auction um, will be online on an online platform on the day that anyone can access anywhere during set times on that day. And, you know, we've, we've been given some amazing auction lots and um, they're gonna they're gonna be there's certain ones that are gonna hit with certain flat fans but you know in football um clubs that dad was associated with so i hope that those those fan groups will will log on online and um and support us that way um but uh in the room you know obviously racing and facilities right along the racetrack um and um afternoon tea raffles just any way, trying trying to work out a way to do spot the ball to try and uh, raise some money and and everyone to have you know a fun day. And Dad honestly would adore to be at that you know at the day. And um, that's my main aim to put on a day that I know he would he would want to be at. So, I mean, just before we came on, Holly, you were saying um, growing up it was it was football or racing, which just sounds the best. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, just, just, just how much did, did Glenn enjoy his, his, his football and his, his racing, obviously. And when you were growing up, was it sort of difficult in a way because footballers, you know, when they get transferred here, there and everywhere, the family have kind of almost got to go with them. What, what was that like growing up? Um, yeah, do you know, looking back, we are, um, I'm so privileged to have grown up in a household connected to a, um, profession, a professional sport, but football is is brilliant. You know, it's it's a great lifestyle. And um, as a family, well, when, when <laughs> mum will have a different story, but dad got transferred to Newcastle pretty much when she found out I was, um, she was pregnant with me. And uh, <laughs> so I grew up as a little one in Newcastle. So for me, Newcastle is, like it feels like a second home if someone said I had to come and live in Newcastle I would be delighted it's a brilliant place and mum grew to really love it and of course we were there a second time um which was lovely um but actually we were quite lucky um compared to some dad's teams were all pretty much in the south so um you know we we grew up in Essex that's where mum and dad um grew up and met and um actually as a family we didn't have to travel around too much um you know, very solid um, childhood, really. Um, and I know that's not the case for, for many, but, um, but I mean, for dad, football was, you know, his passion. He, he lived it. Um, it was on all the time in our household. Um, 
he that's all we wanted to be um there was there was nothing else that he ever considered ever wanted to do um my my granddad dad's dad you know he made him what he was i think you know and he he put in the time with him and um by all accounts practice just continually um and um made himself a professional footballer which was a dream come true and i used to say to him you have absolutely no idea how lucky you are to be basically get paid to do you know what you love and you know a bit of you know who gets to do that really (laughs) they have such a unique lifestyle and they take you know it is taken for granted obviously you know but um he he loved it and um he gave his all for, for any club he paid for it's always that, I think there's that quote, isn't it? If you if you love love what you're doing, then you'll never work a day in your life. So it, I think that I think that resonates very very well. But obviously, I know I can appreciate you were very very young, and I can probably imagine maybe the conversations that you had with your dad in in later life. But what was his first thoughts of Newcastle as a city? Can you remember any conversations that he had? Was it the people? Was it the area? Was it just the team? What was it about Newcastle that he liked from the very beginning? Oh. Loved it. He actually was what I got told. Obviously, I didn't know, but I got told that he, um, go you know, being a Londoner going up to Newcastle when you know that was talked about. Um, he said to his his dad, you know, I, I'm not sure about this because I'm not I'm not sure they're gonna like me. And he said, your style of playing, they will love you. And um, he, you know, he he um, the rest of his history. He went and um, he fell in love with the place um he incredibly passionate about um you know football and um (laughs) your fans are so passionate about the club and I think he loved that and I think they could see that he was as passionate um an amazing place to live in my opinion um we lived in when we moved as I say, when I was born, um, we lived in Wickham. Um, uh, and then when we went up, when dad was academy manager and then obviously manager um, in Jesmond. Um, and I, I love the city and dad dad loved it. I mean, it's the best of both worlds. You're in a city, you're on the coast, you're in the countryside, horse racing, you know, obviously uh, plenty of tracks nearby. Um, so it ticked so many boxes for him. He had the best time there. But people, yeah, quite, <laughs> about, about the people, there's, there seems like an, an urban myth from people kind of not from Newcastle, really, that the Geordies just stick to their own. They don't take to the Southerners, which is absolute nonsense, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you, you found that to be nothing of the sort. Not at all. I mean, I think, I'd, I, you know, Essex gets a bit of a bad rap, um, but we're pretty chatty people. And um, actually, there's nowhere in the country that kind of I feel at home. Just you know, up in Newcastle, yeah, you know, people have a you know a chat at the you know the checkout and uh, you know general general chit chat and um, you know mostly about football. <laughs> so that always helped. But um, I mean, um, just such friendly people and just such a lovely place to be and um the football ground is obviously the heart of the city isn't it and um I used to feel that personally and and I'm sure dad did that um for me it was such a special place um you know it gives you goosebumps to look at the stadium you know on a Saturday morning before a game and um and I know dad was felt privileged to play 
and manage you guys. I mean, to manage was like a dream. So, um, yeah, it's a special place. I was going to say, when you talk about the fact that he's one of the very few people, Holly, to play for the club and manage the club yeah. as well. I think and that, that, that doesn't happen by accident. I think you have to have, a, you've got to be a special person to the Newcastle people to be able to play and to be trusted to be the manager because when Glenn was the manager, Newcastle just sat Graham Souness and the club was a little bit, I'm not going to say turmoil, but there was a lot of... Um, it's it was always in turmoil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I can imagine he must have been so proud to give that, to have that responsibility more than anything else. Oh, so proud. I mean, he loved, Dad loved, um, when he was given the job as academy manager, actually to start with, one, to be back at the club, but to be, um, you know, given uh, the job to be in charge of bringing on your young players was a real honour to start with. And Dad actually um, really, really, really enjoyed um, coaching young players. And I think that you'll see that through his um, career as a manager. He always, always gave a young player a chance. Um, and um, he had real belief in um, those young players. You know, he, he could spot a, a, a good young talent and... Um, um, and he had a way of giving them the responsibility to to have a go. Um, and I think uh, Andy Carroll said something quite interesting when when Dad passed. We had a huge amount of um, messages, huge emails, texts, WhatsApp, you know, um, Twitter, Instagram, all sorts of things. It was really lovely to read all these stories. And um, Andy Carroll tweeted something about. Um, how I think Dad put him on the bench, or maybe not even in the team after putting him, you know, giving him a chance. And I think Dad's um, thought behind that was, which I didn't know at the time, was to try and make him grow up and realise it doesn't come that easy. So, um, and I th you know, all these young players seem to have some really positive things to say about Dad um, and helping them in their career. Um, so he would have taken great pride in that. Um, but yeah, to be given the job as a manager, I mean, it's the best, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, just memories of, like, I'll put a picture on the screen just of uh, your dad and Tim Krull in, in Palermo yeah. that, that night there, um, when Tim Krull was, what, 17, 18, and he had yeah. an absolute worldie and um, got us a 1-0 win. I mean... Did you ever get dragged along to 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 stay the St. Ja uh, to St James's Park on match days and oh, when, yeah. when thinking when your you, your dad was manager and um, just how memorable were the atmospheres because he secured some pretty big wins for us on especially towards that back end of the season when he took over to take us from nowhere to to European uh, a European finish. Oh. It's there's nothing like that feeling. God, it I huge I was so proud of him. I I um oh no, I not dragged, I was there. It was there. <laughs> <laughs> I um I was at every every home match and if not lots of away matches, just you know, um one to, to support dad, you know, a very close family. Um, but I loved it and um terribly proud of him. I was very very close to dad. Um um i've got two younger brothers and um they were probably not in an age where they could sort of take themselves off to you know particularly as a manager you know drive themselves off to a um you know away match or um but um god the 
and the crowd are uh, behind the team at St James's Park. That's God, the, the feeling is immense. It's such a brilliant, brilliant place to be. We're very lucky to support like, that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sounds uh, obviously mentions that run. Uh, I'm just looking at just the league form. Your dad had 15 games towards the back end of the season. He won 11 of them. He won 11 of those 15 games, drew two and only lost two. The, only, the two that he lost were only Man United and Liverpool. That's absolutely phenomenal when you look at that. But the one result, which I'm sure your dad probably got stopped at by any Newcastle fan, whether he was in Newcastle, Essex, London, wherever in the world, they, he was the last one, the last manager to beat Sunderland. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He's going to stop himself to butt in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty, that was a pretty big game. Yeah. Just a bit. I think your dad, just, I think your dad must have been, he must have been like a, a I don't know, he must have been like the king of Newcastle after that. 4-1 yeah. away from home at Sunderland. That doesn't happen yeah. as many times as it should do. Yeah, I oddly didn't go to that game, and I can't really remember why I didn't go. Um, but my two younger brothers went. Was it an Easter? Was it a hot? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was around that time. Yeah. Holiday or, or something, and uh, they went on the um, the bus with the with all the team, and they just thought they were living the life, you know. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the 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 Sunderland fans were all around the coach, and they got off, and they you know they just thought, oh my lord, what's going on here? But um, yeah, to win afterwards, brilliant. It's, um... <sighs> yeah, <what> a... <laughs> and, and people forget as well. Obviously, this happened like he, he came back to Newcastle after. Obviously, a, a major, major illness that he's, he, yeah. he's suffered at West Ham. Of course, the 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 race day is all in in, in aid of uh, uh, the the brain uh, tumor charity. Um, just what a man to to show such resilience to not only beat that, but to come back and work and do an amazing, amazing job at, at Newcastle and, and Norwich and and, and have a, a a career anyone would have been proud of. Oh, I know. Actually, again, it's a bit like, you know, it's a human nature to kind of take for granted what you've got at the time. And actually, this whole, uh, in the last couple of years, I've personally, um, you know, you, you learn to try and um, make the most of all, you know, even just the smallest moments in life. Um, and he he's taught me that. And he, um, I mean, just phenomenal really when you think about it I mean he collapsed in the April um from what we didn't at the time have any clue what what it was um was in intensive care for a week um and then told that it was a brain tumor and you know naturally you think that's the end that's you know it can't get you know any worse we're not you know I don't know how we're going to cope with this but when they brought him round and they told him that's what you've got, he said, well, one, how long have I got? You know, is this going to kill me? And he, the doctor said, oh, I don't think it's going to kill you right now. And, um, you know, you've got your whole life ahead of you, really, but we just need to do something about it. So he said, you know, we need to operate. And he said, um, when can you do that? So we, you know, we took him home and got him a little bit stronger. And a week later, he was, um, he'd walked himself down, and put himself on the operating table. He refused to be wheeled down. Um, and I just think, I mean, I just can't imagine doing that, but um, he needed to get 
you know, that gone. And his focus, as much as it would have been, you know, very much, you know, he needed to be there for us as a, as a family. And at the time, a re, you know, reasonably young family, he wanted to see us all grow up. Um, it was to get back to work. Genuinely, you know, as I say, football was, you know, his life um, from a very little boy. So um, nothing was going to take that away from him. And um, he was back on the touchline with um, West Ham for pre-season. So, you know, if he had, was operated, say, he collapsed sort of end of April, if he was operated on sort of beginning, middle of May, what, is he back on the touchline in July? You yeah. Know, with a scar from temple to temple and, um, you know, don't treat me any different, I'm fine. And um, through those 18 years, he had another operation, some radiotherapy, um, and three rounds of chemotherapy and you know mostly worked through all that and told very little people and the, you know he's treat him as you know we didn't really talk about it very much um but he'd worry about the scans every sort of six months um, but otherwise as long as they came back fine we crack on so it very shows him then. yeah of course of course very proud and it just shows the immense bravery actually because I don't think many people, it's just in general, it doesn't matter what occupation they, they're, they're in, would have such a serious incident mm. and would be back at within work so quickly. But I just think that just shows the character of your dad, Holly. And I think as well, um, I think as well, as well, I think you've got to remember as well with the Newcastle, Newcastle people, I think showed so much emotion and so much support towards your dad. And in that particular time in that two, that, two, that was 2003 the first time but I, me, me and Sam I don't know if Sam can remember uh, it, it, I think it might have been two or three weeks before your dad passed and we were just starting up this show this is actually episode number 95 and I think we'd love to get a former, man, a former manager on and we thought well we and we'd like I think Glenn Roder would be able to to do something about that. I think me and Sam are completely like shell soft and numb. I don't know if you can remember Sam, but having yeah. that conversation, think can we try and get Glenn on? But uh, again, whenever you think of Glenn Roder, you think of happy thoughts, you think of positive memories. Like I think of that Sunderland game. I think of him with Alan Shearer. That's the, that's kind of like my little memory because Alan Shearer was his assistant uh, for for the end of that season. Can you remember? So, uh, remember meeting Alan by any chance, like when you were going to go into the, the the odd games, and can you remember what their relationship was like? Yeah, I mean, Dad. Um, yeah, he was around the the team um, that last year. We were we were there. Um, us as a family would always go um, down to the Dad's office um, and um, wait for him, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just to hang on everywhere, you know. Um, yeah, and we'd see, um, you know, all sorts of people walking past us and players. And um, again, you take it for granted when you're in it, and um, which is a bit sad. But I, I know we were really lucky and, um, you know, got to sort of be in the presence throughout my life of some very brilliant players um, and um, well-known celebrities, I guess. Um, and um, th that's that's the special part of them being a footballer and you know or a football manager so um we get to meet some really great people but yes alan was certainly there um actually my youngest brother joe uh, would know his daughters i think they they live in london these days so they kind of hang out from time to time um and um 
yeah, I mean, Dad would have been delighted to have Alan around. Um, obviously, a legend and a brilliant player, um, and it does the play the the players and the team good to have to have those types of characters around because you know we're all competitive and we want to show how good we are. And I think having someone as great as Alan around just brings them on a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah. So how come you didn't follow him into football then? How come you ended up working in racing? <laughs> I think, you know, if, you know, if I was born probably 10 years later, perhaps I would have been. Um, I don't think my generation necessarily, um, wasn't really an easy profession to go in. I don't, I don't think, you know, women's football wasn't a, a thing um, really. Um, but, um, and I think female in football generally or in sport generally, I don't think, you know, what 15, 20 years ago would be a, be a very tough world to get into. But I think now we're kind of embracing um, women in the sport and um, we do have something to give. And um, actually I, I would have loved it. And um, we were at the, um, LMA Awards, um, the League Managers Association Awards on uh, Tuesday night um, in London. Uh, so surrounded some by some <laughs> huge footballing stars and um, watched Jurgen Klopp pick up his two two um, trophies. And um, obviously Eddie was nominated. So, um, Eddie Howe was robbed. Oh. Absolutely robbed. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll always support Newcastle. So, yeah, I agree. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it made me remember how much I enjoyed being involved in a football club. Um, you know, so, yeah, there's definitely a part of me that I think, you know, if I could have been involved, I would have been involved. But it wasn't to be. But horse racing, uh, <laughs> I can blame Dad for that one, 100%. Um uh, he football came first, but um, horse racing for him outside of football was um, definitely second. He loved it, and uh, it seems that racing folk uh, love love a professional football. Like they love their football. You know, up on the up on the gallops, they'll be um, chatting about you know the weekend's match. So um, to have a professional footballer around, you know, he would have attracted a bit of attention, and um, he just loved to see behind the scenes and um, got to know a few people in racing and um in later in life had a few legs in horses um nothing much of note I have to say but <laughs> it was a bit of a dream of his to say he had one so um but yeah um got involved because of because of him really he took us to Newmarket all our lives um and um a, a bit like football racing you know to be involved in a professional sport behind the scenes is um a privilege and um i've lucky lucky enough to have done this you know for sort of 12 13 years now um and um yeah it's it's uh, it's a great industry to be in um i think everyone sees it from the you know the day at the races you know having a drink having a bet you know that yeah. i don't you know for me that's not you know that's not necessarily um racing and um, yeah that's johnny's department that is exactly my department. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously, like any sport, so much hard work goes in behind the scenes. And um, I love all that part of it. So if I could have been in, I think, out of choice, if I could have been in, you know, as a career in football, involved in a club behind the scenes, that would have, that would have been pretty high, high up there as a, a career choice. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy in racing, I have to say. 
Yeah, I think Sam's probably jealous of uh, what, you, what you're <laughs> doing for a living, Holly. That's probably putting that as an understatement, to be honest. Um, but what is your favourite moment at Newcastle, just in general? It could be absolutely anything. And what was what do you believe? What do you think was your dad's favourite moment while he was at Newcastle over the years? Gosh, um, dad's I think would have been that first season, as you say, where they finished. Um, I have a really great photo. I don't know if you you might have just put it up there actually um, of him clapping at the end. And oh, yeah. There's the sort of, yeah that one. Yeah, I love that photo. Like the crowd behind. I mean, it's. Um, that's a very, I, I, it's a great photo. Just, and that would have been, I don't know, but I would have said that would have been a very proud moment for him, um, that achievement. Um, for me, as actually an away game at Tottenham. Don't know if you remember that one. Um, we ended up winning four three, I think. Oberfemi Martins. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, that? that was a rocket of a shot. It's like yeah. a maroon kit, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was at that match, and oh my god, Tottenham, their old stadium. I'm actually sad they've got rid of their old stadium. I mean, I've not been to the new mm. one, but it was like a box, and it felt like a very scary place to be. I remember sitting there thinking it's like gladiators or something. You know, it's they're on top of you, and I think I sh shook the whole way through just through nerves, and it was you know flip-flopping back with the boys but yeah we ended up winning so that was yeah I think that yeah. would be mine over Femi Martin of course yeah <laughs> you, you, your dad brought him to to Newcastle yeah. to to take on the unenviable task of replacing Alan Shearer but um yeah yeah I mean, and Michael Owen right I think was that the same season I don't know did we we lost Michael Owen to injury yeah. yeah, what else is no? That was every season. <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah, that was every season. We lost Michael Owen to injury. But, he was um, gutted that day. We were listening to, I think it was an England match. Was it a friend? I don't know if it was a friendly or a qualifier or what, but he came on and he was injured pretty early on. Mm. And, um, you know, Dad was looking forward to having him in the team, and obviously, and uh, head, you know, hand, head in his hands in the car. And I remember thinking, oh my God. Just keep quiet. Don't no one say anything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Holly, you, Holly, you, you, you obviously work. It would be remiss of me not to ask this question um, because you work in racing. It is flat season now. You work for the Sprint King, Robert Cowell. Have you got maybe a horse that that we can all follow for the season? <laughs> um, yeah. I, th I think as one I mentioned to you off air, um, my pick would be a horse called Clarendon House. Um, it's come up through the kind of handicap ranks. Um, was sent to us from Richard Hannon by Midland Park Racing, who are a great outfit. Mm. Um, if anyone is ever wanting to get involved in racing, um, you know, having yeah. bits of a horse, they're they're really really fantastic outfit to work with and uh, they had some really lovely horses and they've got a few with us uh but yeah he came to us and was a bit of a troublesome horse um um bit wayward um he's a bit of a hothead but we seem to have sort of um we can turn our horses out a lot um we, we're we're on a um 180 acre stud um just outside newmarket so um you know when they have a gallop or, or a race you know the next day or two they're out in the paddock just 
blowing off some steam. So um, that seems to suit him. And um, he's, um, as I say, gone through the handicap ranks and he's just sort of in between handicaps and sort of, you know, listed or group races. Mm. Off jump, really tough jump. But I think I think he can do it at some point. So it's one to one. Yeah. I'd love to get involved with owning a horse, but my wife won't let me. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, do you know, we're trying in the industry to bring in um, more syndicates and the likes of Midland Park or Nick Bradley's, you know, of this world are doing a really great job and they make it affordable. And um, you can go to, you know, as many of the race meetings as you want as, as an individual owner would be. So um, I think it's all about that's, you know, looking to the future. That's, that's, that's the way forward for the sport. So, um, yeah, I'd really recommend um, anyone getting involved in an outfit like that. Um, so, yeah. The conversation between Mr. and Mrs. Milner over horse racing will be on a different podcast. Does Jerry Springer have a podcast? That's what it could end up being like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think we might leave it, leave it at, the, at there. For a uh, sure. just, 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 exactly. Just finally, Holly, um, we all know your dad as a player, as a former player, as a former captain of Newcastle, a former manager of Newcastle. But can you tell us what he was like as, um, as a man, as an everyday man? What, what was he like just as a dad, as just someone that maybe the Newcastle fans didn't see on a day-to-day basis? So obviously, they only just saw him as a as the football manager, player, captain, as I mentioned, what was he like just as a, as a man as himself? Oh, the best dad. Um, and I, th- I think actually what the fans would have seen of him, um, you know, if they got to meet him, you know, outside, um, you know, either training or, or after a match, um, you, you would get the genuine him, actually. He was, um, perhaps that was a little bit of his downfall, maybe. He was just too to himself all the time. Um, but he was um, a brilliant dad. As I say, I was very, very close to him. Um, trailed after him at matches or the races or, you know, we just, you know, watching a football match at home or, or whatever. You know, I, I personally love to be in his company and I learned a lot off of him. He was very wise, really. Um, but he he was someone that just genuinely loved his family um, and he loved his quiet time. Him, he was very private, really. Um, you know, these days, footballers and, and manage, you know, managers have to put themselves out there a lot more, don't they, on, you know, social media and, and things like that. And um, don't know how he would have coped with that, really, but because he was very private and um, <laughs> he... <laughs> just to come through the door and um, kick off his shoes and put his comfy clothes on and potter around at home, um, mainly sitting watching football or racing, but which drove my mum crazy. But um, he's a pretty, sim- you know, pretty simple guy. We live, we l- didn't live a flashy lifestyle. Um, you know, we learn not to be, you know, go, go above our station really. And, um, but we're, we're so privileged to be part of his career um, and enjoy some really amazing times with him. Um, and as I say, get got to meet some amazing people. But um, as a as a dad, he was he supported all of us um, hugely, and he was 
our biggest champions and um, pulled us up when we were wrong. <laughs> but um, overall, just a just a great dad, just a really great dad. Um, he just genuinely just loved his family. I mean, I, so private to the point that when my mum met him and um, after... <laughs> When he was at the particularly at Newcastle, she'd tell me that um, after a match, you know, the players would go into the players' lounge in those days. I don't know if they still do. And she thought, oh, lovely, you know, this is going to be nice, you know, have a nice time. And um, she'd sit there waiting for him. All the other players come in, you know, all the other girl, wives and girlfriends, you know, get sort of, you know, <laughs> picked up as such. And uh, she sat there thinking, where is he? And he'd be stood outside or send someone else in and say, can she come outside? Because we're just going to go home. And, you know, you could have won and had the best time. But he he just didn't. He was quite shy as much as he would shout on the touchline or shout as a captain, uh, you know, from the, you know, to the rest of the team. Um, he was he was pretty quiet. And she'd think, what on earth is this about? We need to enjoy this. But no, it's not him. I'd rather go home and have some food at home and. Get an early night. <laughs> oh, yes, please. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> me down to a T as well. But, I mean, what what better way to, to, to celebrate your dad, uh, Holly, um, than, than a race day? Um, if, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, I mean, tickets are available or, and more information uh, are available at uh, theglenroaderraceday.com. And uh, head on down, whether you like Johnny and uh, we'll be stuck at the bar, louting it up and uh, backing a few losers or you're there for the, for the sport as well. What better way to, to celebrate Glen Roder than a, a day at Newmarket, which is uh, a lovely part of the world as well. Not, that, really... you would, not that you would know, Jonathan. <laughs> it really it's is. A, it's a couple hundred mile away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, you know, as I say, we've, 360 people in the room on on the day um and we're nearly sold out we've got about three tables left um which can be booked through the website um but you know a couple of other ways to really support us um one you know if you just wanted to go as a general race goer um head to the new market race course website and they've been um keep saying the word amazing but they really have been um and they've put a, a donation box um, when you book your general mission tickets to donate to, direct to the Brain Tumor Charity, which is brilliant of them. Um, but um, really important is, um, which we will release, if you follow us on social, all our social media platforms, we will release information about our auction lots, which the list is growing and growing and growing. And uh, at some, you know, at some point, uh, you know, they will get released. Um, and um, on the day, anyone can log in to the online platform and, and bid away. And there will be things that, you know, um, people will be really interested in. And, um, you know, it's not just limited to those 360 people in the room. That's really important. And I hope people uh, support us on the day uh, in any way they can. Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. It sounds incredible. Some of the prizes potentially up for grabs as well. Uh, me and Sam will make a donation after this uh, interview for the for the Brain Chimp, uh, Foundation as well. So, but for Glenn in, in, in Glenn's memory as well. So we'll do that after after this interview finished. But Holly, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about <laughs> all things Newcastle United in regards to your father as well. I'm sure you'll be very proud of what you're doing um, in regards to the the, the July the 23rd and at Newmarket as well. But it's been absolutely brilliant. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Oh, I really have. Thank you for having me on again. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you both. Sam, all the links will be in the description, uh, both <laughs> for the podcast and when it goes out on YouTube as well, for in regards to um, in regards to the Glen Road Race Day, won't it? Absolutely, links are all in the description, uh, glenroaderaceday.com and then tickets at the uh, for just general admission to, uh, from the from the Jockey Club Newmarket race course as well. And of course, our, our podcast as well. Please leave a five-star review whilst you're there. Be rude not to. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. From myself, Jonathan Greenwood, Sam Milner and Holly Roder. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.